Coming up on Telling the Odds, we have a trailer for the new LEGO Star Wars Holiday Special. As well as that, we'll be discussing the second episode of The Mandalorian Season 2, The Passenger, and we're going to give you our thoughts on it. What time is it, 3PO? It is time for Telling the Odds. Hello everybody, welcome back. It is November already, that is hard to believe. Uh, we are into the first week of November, in fact, November 8th, 2020. This year's nearly over, which is hard to believe. Um, when did we start again? Was it like I believe March we started. Or... We, I believe we started around May? May, May. Oh, yeah. We've been doing it for a long time now, it's been a lot of fun. It has, it's been yeah. a good year. No, I, I mean, it's been a terrible year, but it's been a good year for podcasting. It has, yeah. This is this has sort of been the thing that's given me some uh, regularity uh, in terms of like the weekly, sure. in terms of like the weekly go ahead. Uh, anyway, guys, there's been uh, a lot to unpack this week, um, mm. uh, mainly from uh, the Mandalorian, of course. We're going to talk about that today. Um, but in other news, how's your week been, Michael? How are you going? Uh, let's just say I'm ready for some Star Wars escapism from my regular week. I think so too. I, I am also. Uh, yeah, well, I don't see why we don't just get right into it. So, um, before we, right before we get into our main discussion, uh, which is about the Mandalorian, of course, uh, we have uh, a bit of news to get into first and it's not really news. It's just a thing that dropped that we could talk about, um, discuss it, that we yeah. did mention in the cold open. It is the trailer for the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, dropping in about 10 days, I believe, on November 17th. Uh, but I believe that's the American release date. That means it'll yeah, be November, so probably 18th, a day later November or 18th for us. Or it'll probably be like, you know, The Mandalorian, is that, you know, America, dro- uh, America drops over to the same day as us when it's 6 p.m. here. So we'll probably get it in like the, on like the evening of our November 17th. But that's beside the point. Um, yeah. I loved this trailer because it was a lot of fun and I can't wait for what they're going to do. Because... It was better than I expected. Yeah. When I first heard that they were doing this, I'm like, okay, is you know, we kind of eh, it'll be alright. Like, like a lot of the uh, like the Star Wars Lego shorts, like they're fine. Like, there's kind of some good jokes in them, but they kind of seem a bit curious. This is like, you know what? We're just gonna go for it, bombastic, do whatever the hell we want. I know. Well, that's the thing about the Lego Star Wars shorts, whether it be um, what is it, the uh, the one where Han Solo's Phantom a, Apprentice, Phantom Apprentice, the yeah. Yoda Chronicles, The Empire Strikes uh, Out—they're all very funny. Yeah, um, and because that's the thing—the Lego humor in Star Wars is something that I am like always there for. I'll take it no matter what it is. Oh, exactly. Like I, I mean, ever since the video games, like the original things, exactly. Like, oh, Lego humor is top notch. Yeah, no, I think it was. Um, I think I've actually mentioned it on the podcast before, but there's a moment in, in Empire Strikes Out where like all the like Tatooine uh, girls are like chasing Luke because they think he's attractive. Um, but then like Darth Vader comes and then C-3PO is just like, oh, you may think that Darth Vader is a, a tough, cold exterior, but if you take off that mask, you will find this. And he holds up a picture of your young Hayden Christensen and they all just swoon over him and chase him off Tatooine. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I don't explain it's it as well good. as they did. And, you know, I'm sure it's a lot funnier. No, you have without, to go watch the yeah, trailer. Exactly. But... You actually have to go watch it. But I... Not, like, I, yeah, I'm legitimately excited to watch this. I'm now, legitimately excited to watch this because it's like a flat out sequel to Rise of Skywalker because Ray has her yellow yes. lightsaber. Um, yeah, well, this is the sequel. They were like, "All right, we'll tell you what happens in like books and on tweets yeah. and whatnot." No, 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 no. You need to watch the Lego Holiday Special. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Who's in charge of canon? Ah, oh, whoever. Whatever. Dave Filoni. Let's just say well, you're in charge. Make it canon. You think Dave Filoni must be in charge somehow because of the fact that they're basically just delving into the world between worlds thing from Rebels because yeah. Ray is straight up time traveling in this in this holiday yeah, special. He- who knows how they explain it, but whatnot. You got to make this canon. But the good thing is, is it's that like be. you know, it seems as though it's going to follow a plot because like you know, she's she ventures into this cave wherever it is. She finds this key, and then she just suddenly decides to start jumping through time, where she ends up in Luke's mm-hmm. X-wing. But that could be kind of weird because what if what in doing that she like you know knocks him off course and it ends up not destroying the Death Star and she sets off some like space time continuum that'd be kind of fun mm. um and then yeah. you get to see the Emperor later say oh yes now I can use this to control the future and the past and stuff and it's literally what he was trying to do with the world between worlds things in the end of uh, season four in Rebels but um yeah yeah which wasn't really expanded like it was like just kind of hinted at the end and you saw like yeah. one part of it but we haven't I don't think we've seen it at all since yeah which, no, I mean that's the thing to be fair it makes sense like they don't want to like just have users as a crutch to tell like uh, like to use it as every storyline and whatnot but like 
Yeah, you at least want to like explore it a little bit. I know like, it's like maybe even with some Jedi stories. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's Star Wars, if it's like if if it's the MCU or whatever. If you start to incorporate time travel into your universe, like it just blows every door off its hinges to be like, oh, why didn't you go back and do this and that? Right? I mean, you know, yeah. admittedly, the world between worlds thing isn't a well-known thing. Like Ezra didn't no, even know what he was I mean- doing when he found it. Um, yeah, I've heard this very funny theory, and this is sort of like you know getting into the Mandalorian already. But that I've heard uh, rumors, and no, sorry, not rumors, theories that Baby Yoda is actually Yoda, and at some point Ahsoka is going to take Baby Yoda through the world between worlds back to the um back to the old Republic, and train him as a Jedi to the point where he mm. is the eight hundred year old guy that we see in Phantom Menace. Yeah, um, that seems a bit far fetched. Exactly. No, it's completely far. Especially because one that we'd seen other Yoda species before with Yaddle. Exactly. No, it's completely far fetched, and it won't happen. As well but... as, well, yeah. I, look, it's not. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. However, I feel like it's more fun to have Baby Yoda on his own. Like Baby Yoda is different. He's his own. they their own thing. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's good. No, no, no. I do like it. Is that yeah? You know, anyway, getting back to the holiday special. Yeah, it seems mm. as though we're getting like all parts of time like you know all parts of the star wars universe coming in because you get ray and of course all the sequel trilogy characters but then you get to see clone war clone troopers on on speeder bikes on what looked like felucia mm-hmm. you get to see an old han and a young han standing next to each other which is a very fun idea it seems as though whoever was like you know conceptualizing this holiday special was just like clashing all of their different you know lego pieces together and like you know what i can yeah, totally it does. Ha- it's like all right i got all these sets from across yeah. from like at clone wars to sequel trilogy to original trilogy i want to play a storyline but i can't i guess i gotta do time travel that's yeah. the only way you can get away that's it. the thing is that like i have the lego death star for instance right and the lego death star comes with folk with both a tatooine moisture farmer luke and a return of the jedi jedi knight luke they both come in the same you know pack so they're literally standing right next to each other and i have to like you know think that whoever was coming up with the you know the story and the overall like you know screenplay for the what is eventually going to be the holiday special had that you know, moment where they're just standing next to each other and said, screw it, I'm going to put you both in an actual canon thing together. Yeah. Um, which is a fun idea. And uh, yeah, no, it's... it's well, uh, if it's half as good as the original holiday special um, from the 70... No, 80? Whatever. Uh, then it will be terrible. It was Hopefully it's yeah. a lot better than that. Exactly, no. If it's, <laughs> if it's half as good as the holiday special, it's still pretty bad. We're in, but, <laughs> we're in deep... Well, if it's half as good as that, then we're in deep trouble because that was dreadful i know exactly but um uh, no, hopefully well, I, cannot, be fun. I cannot wait to do the watch along for the original holiday special uh, it's, it's gonna be, gonna so be fun. fun we're gonna have to endure that we may we may have to have a couple of drinks before watching I, that i think so too yeah um <laughs> but no yeah i am super excited for the holiday special but only like we didn't get any of them in this you know uh uh you know this trailer we got one it was like you know incorporating the well-known memes from Star Wars into their yeah. into their things I, they made. Was it? it was Kylo Ren's shirt. It was, it was Kylo Ren's shirt. That's the like, one. The Emperor. Then, oh my God. He's like, you think maybe you could put a shirt on? <laughs> I feel like there was another part where there was like a Star Wars meme brought up. Well, Luke, that's you know what it was. It was the who sh- you want to shoot first one. Like, like that like was great. I like, loved that. I feel like there were references yeah. to not just like in universe things, but like yeah. extra things that were like that are like from the community in this put into it which is interesting yeah exactly and the fact that right at the very end luke is sipping blue milk out of actual carton like mm. a full-on edited yeah. coles carton which is funny uh that and uh yeah the only thing that i need i absolutely need in this holiday special is just the, is for them to just take like massive like you know jabs at the original i want i want like chewy and a bunch mm. of wookies just to be talking with absolutely no subtitles for like a straight 10 minutes and like towards the end like once the whole story's wrapped up once That's the whole story is wrapped up i need princess Leia to start singing <laughs> we celebrate and then and yeah we celebrate our day <laughs> and then han or, or and then han or luke or something says like no you can't do that again it's like that scene in um <sighs> It's like that scene in... Uh, I, mean, I know yeah. we won't get into it now, but, like, Han is just so high in that whole... I know. Well, like, no, you know what? He's you know what? I absolutely up. is. You know what? It's it's like that scene in... um. It's like that scene in Lion King where, like, you know, they're starting to sing and then Scar just goes, no, no, anything but that. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I, I definitely agree. I think, yeah, uh, 
if they um if they do like subtle like references or like callbacks like joking on it, then that's good. But like you were saying, no, a ten no, minute I, gag I wasn't of, serious. Like, uh, I wasn't movies. serious. Long, but you know, there was a, a shot bit. in this in the very early on where you get to see like a group of Wookies making snow angels. So you know, there's gonna be a group of Wookies yeah. on this thing. So you don't, you might as well use them. Uh, if we don't get Nala and Lumpy, then yes, yeah. no, it's, it's not it's Nala. Mala. Uh, Sorry. Marla. If we don't get Marla and Lumpy, so I mentioned then I mentioned the Lion King, so you immediately thought Marla. Um, no, I didn't. I, I know. I know. Star, I'm a Star Wars <laughs> boy. I know. Uh, yes. Yeah, so holiday special. It's it'll be here very soon, and I'm very excited for it because if there's anything that makes me feel like a kid again, it's yeah. watching Star Wars Lego animations. But so there you go. For sure. And I need to feel like a kid again. I've felt too much like an adult recently. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah, it's just everything is... is Everything seems to be making you have to grow up so quickly. And yeah. uh, that's not what I'm about. So Very anyway, uh, that's that. That's that. Uh, that. The holiday special is on its way. Now, let's get into our main discussion. We're only 11 minutes in, so we're going to have a good discussion about it. Uh, following on from the last episode, Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2, or simply just Chapter 10, uh, dropped on Disney Plus last night. I watched it immediately, and we are going to talk about it Same, now. Yeah. Uh, chapter 10, The Passenger. Uh, good title, I suppose. So, anyway, um, we're also, guys, just so you know, we are going to be scrapping the non-spoiler review part of our discussion. Yeah. Um, we figured that because if you are watching this and you've been watching, uh, sorry, if you are listening to this and you've been listening to our podcast regularly, uh, this close to the episode's release, yeah, exactly. um, we're going to trust that you've actually seen it. So, anyway, let's get into uh, Mandalorian Chapter 10. Uh, again, just jumping right into spoilers. So, uh, I'll just give my overall thoughts for the episode. I thought this episode was good. Thought it was good. Um, I thought this. I thought. I thought last week's episode was better. So I guess you would say I thought it was good, not great, but there was still a lot of stuff that I really, really liked about this episode. Yeah, I think similarly, it's a yeah. very different episode to the last one. Very different style, and so yeah. in a sense, coming off with like kind of the grand scale of the last one, and how just kind of like yeah, how epic the last one kind of was, and it's like Western and like Star Wars vibes. This was a lot more slower, a lot more. Um, how would you say, like, yeah, like, lower scale, where there was only, like, three characters or whatnot throughout yeah, the whole thing. exactly. Um, so, in that sense, I can understand why it would, like, you might not enjoy it as much. But I think, especially some of the parts that we did get was, like, so much fun. And I, and I will get into why, I think, but I, I pretty much enjoyed it just as much as the last one, but for yeah. very different reasons. Exactly. Yeah, no, I would only say the, the main reason that I would probably give for the fact that, again, I did really like this episode. I just thought that, you know, I think, first of all, let's just get into it for, like, first and foremost. I thought this episode started brilliantly to the point mm. where I feel comfortable saying that this episode has the best, what you would call the cold open before the title. Yeah. That, uh, that we've had since the show started. That fight yeah. scene that he has with these, you know, it's marauders, cool. and then the fact that he just has that awesome, awesome jetpack kill was it's so was so cool. And just the I thing think, that, yeah. yeah. There, there might oh, be yeah. the, the uh, uh, Baby Yoda's cutest moment where once the guy, you know, is, uh, you know, shoots off, he, like, runs to, uh, and he's just like, <laughs> yeah. Dada! Uh, it's, and so he just good. picks him up. It's so cute. It's just that's the thing. Mandalorian is such a good dad. I just say, yeah. yeah. Um, when I first watched, well, I so when I first watched it, it was a lot of fun. Like after thinking back, I thought, like, yeah, the same was cool. But like, what was kind of the point of it? Because it, it's just like this one part on Tatooine where he has like a fight and then he gets out of it with not really much happening. But then I realized, no, this scene is about building up right at the start before we'll get to why in the episode, but. Before, building up this idea of how committed and how like uh how, how attached to baby yoda mandalorian is at this point i know because like previous episodes it's just always like oh he's been there he's you know he's the kid but like you've never really seen him need to be attached before like or need to be like yeah really overprotective or whatnot aside from like rescuing him from the stormtroopers or so yeah. but this you get to see it like as soon as the idea that baby yoda is in trouble and in danger he like stops everything and that is his number one priority yeah, that's why I love the Mandalorian. He's got he's he 
he will kill you, but at the same time, he's got a heart of gold when he needs to, and he's very trusting and he's honourable. Like, I mean, like, yeah. like, 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 I his, feel like um... he probably wouldn't have killed the raiders necessarily if they didn't attack him, and especially if they didn't threaten Baby Yoda. Well, exactly. Like, that's he, why I love him. He doesn't him like that... kill you just because he kills you because you exactly. annoy him. Or... Exactly. That's why I love him is that he'll only kill you if you give him a reason to, which is great. Um, but no, you're absolutely right, Michael. Is that obviously we've heard we've seen him either rescue him, keep him safe. Of course, he's just doing that because he is a child and he's part of the. Um, of the uh, the clan, the Mudhorn clan, uh, exactly. but this is the first time that you really get to see the full glimpse of how much he not only you know has this entitlement to protect him, but also how much he cares for him. Because you know he is well, the 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 armorer flat out said you are as its father, and in a lot of ways you get to see how much of a dadalorian he really is because because he's, <laughs> he, he's so caring for him to the point where he will give up his shiny Beskar jetpack to keep him safe, and that was that was super cool. Um, yeah, that scene I thought was, was very good. Also, I just got to say this episode looked fantastic. Again, I mentioned Mm -hmm. that, uh, the last time, uh, but I got to say every shot in this episode was beautiful. I got it from the second he starts to like traverse the, the, the dune sea when he's heading back to Mos Eisley. I thought all those shots were beautiful. We also got some new, you know, the, the soundtrack of Mandalorian is building because there were new pieces of music, especially as he was walking the desert. And it yeah. was, I, I thought that was, it was, it was chilling. It was haunting. It was beautiful. Um, and I thought it was very good. And honestly, when we get back to Mos Eisley and um, what's her name? Peli Motto, the engineer who yeah. helps that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She basically says that, you know, there's a passenger here and uh, who will lead you to uh, the Mandalorian covert if you give him passage to there, basically. And yeah. with all that stuff said, and what we got at the end of the last episode, I was honestly expecting Boba Fett. Uh, um, yeah, it's, yeah, we we didn't see Boba Fett in this, and he's left Tatooine now. I guess it's one of two things will happen. One, either it's going to be a long break, and then similarly to how we saw uh, Moff Gideon like earlier on, and then he comes back, like maybe Boba Fett will be a, like the big bad, or or like come back at the end of the show. Yeah. Or what I think it's actually probably going to do is like, but then he's got the armor still, so maybe not. But yeah, I don't um, know. I mean, I'm I think we might the... not see him again. I think yeah. it might have just been a subtle, like, oh, yeah, here he is. He's still alive. And then we don't see him again. Because I yeah. thought we would have at least, if we if we were going to see him again, or, like, come back, like, more than just an appearance that he had, it would have been in the episode directly after. But he's left Tatooine. I guess yeah. the only caveat is he's still got his armor, which is he just going to keep that around with him and Boba Fett will never show up after that? Well, exactly. You know, I, I honestly don't know is that you brought that up at the end of our discussion last week is do you reckon that will be the last time we see him? Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually starting to get a sneaking suspicion that that will be the last time we see him. It's just that like, it's like a one-off, you know, just letting us know that he's still alive. And, you know, it pains me that we know that we might not get to see more of Boba Fett because it's Boba freaking Fett. But at the same time, it's not really about him. It's about Mando's story. So you have to sort of, we have, we have to, I guess, sort of accept that. Um, yeah. But who knows? It's Star Wars. Maybe that yeah. means he'll get his own show now. I don't know. I don't I don't um, think they need Boba Fett to appear in the show. Like, that's the thing. They might do a show with him or, like, a comic book or even a movie or whatnot. But I think it it just it made sense at the time of the last episode because it seemed like they were building towards multiple different Mandalorians appearing throughout the show. Yeah. And I thought, oh, who if you're going to do that, may as well do Boba Fett. But, like, looks like, hmm, maybe they're not going that direction, which is fine. No, yeah. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure they'll take an interesting direction. No, you're absolutely right. You know, there's there's so many things that we still don't like. You know, there's there's five. Ep- there's, sorry, there's uh, there's six episodes left that we'll get until the season two until season two wraps up, and yet there are so many people that they rumored will be in it that we haven't seen yet. Obviously, there's Ahsoka. They mentioned Bo-Katan uh, with Katie Sackhoff, you know, doing the live action like she did the voice for her as well. Uh, so there's so much that, is, that, that we still have to unpack in this season because they're not only what might we see then, but we have to go back to Navarro to meet Grief Cargo and uh, Cargo, Karga and Cara Dune, as well as, you know, getting into the whole Moff Gideon story with the Darksaber and stuff. So, yeah. you know, there's so much to do and so little time that, you know, uh, maybe we won't see him again. And like, you know, again, I... I I'm I'm split down the middle because there's one part of me that's disappointed because he is Boba Fett, but this, mm. but there's like you know the sensible part of me that's saying you know he's yes he's alive, but at the same time it's not about him. It is about Mando and the child and yeah. everyone else that they come across. Plus, I don't um, feel like we need him in the show. Like it, it'd yeah. be great if he shows up, but like in terms of what he'll bring, I feel like the types of aside from the like fan like thing of oh my god it's Boba Fett like. 
most of the enjoyment you get would be from him from him showing up you kind of get from the mandalorian like you already got that like really cool looking like stern kind of like warrior character i guess yeah. you could have some interesting like playing off between the like yeah i feel like let 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 Boba Fett do his own thing in other things. I mean, if he comes back, I'd be I think it'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah, after after this episode and the direction they're going, I think he doesn't need to. I I like that they teased him to say yeah he's still alive just in case you're like wanted to know. But you know. Yeah. No. I I agree. Uh, something that I actually really loved about this episode is how much it really, st- like, you know, we've, we've been talking about, uh, in terms of, you know, the Mandalorian, how it starts to build out the world of Star Wars, specifically this blank area that we have between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, I thought this episode did that brilliantly because you get to see more of how the New Republic operates with the two X-Wing, uh, fighters and, you know, how they basically just run this, um, you know, protocol stuff with the Razor yeah. Crest before they in- sort of engage. Um, but also the idea that, you know, the, the idea of travel of traveling sublight, um, where basically mm. you have to travel, you know, great distances without jumping into hyperspace, which we've gotten hints of with, you know, Han and Leia having to go to exactly. Bespin manually. Which took them like a number of back. months. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize that in, in Empire Strikes Back, um, in the like five minutes between when you see them set off for Bespin and them arriving on Bespin, that was actually two months. Yeah. In, uh, in their time in Empire Strikes Back. Not a lot of people yeah, know so that. Yeah, so that's why Luke actually did have some time to train. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people think he was just there for two days. He really wasn't. Uh, but yeah, no, I... Th- this woman, this this mother, essentially, who he needs to uh, ferry throughout the galaxy to her um, to her family and her husband, specifically, I thought she was a great introduction, yeah, inclu- inclusion to the, to the episode. Um, the alien that we hadn't really seen... We yeah. haven't seen her speech before, but like she was kind of interesting in the way that uh that uh, like she would she like <laughs> yeah. like we discovered more about her species as we went along in really interesting ways. Yeah, no, that the funny thing is is that yes, we didn't get a species name for her, but at, at one he point calls her a frog. Yeah, at one point when you have the if you have the subtitles on when she's doing her own language, right? Uh, the the subtitles read "frog lady speaking frog." <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Oh, so, subtitles are good. I love I love it when there's like non like just like regular talking subtitles for things because sometimes yeah. they just go just hilarious the way they do things. Yeah. Um I want to get into this chase scene between uh the Razor Crest and the two X Wings. I thought this was great and it might be my favorite like little scene of the episode because it's not only how well it's done the sound design in this in this little scene was awesome because there's that moment where mando basically just turns off the engines and lets the razor crest just like plummet to the surface through the clouds the 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 sound that the razor crest makes when it's doing that reminded me of the pod races from from episode one and it was it was it was very very well done and again i am just loving that the little like you know tastes of the new republic that we're getting in the mandalorian yeah it's very yeah. subtly like building up like we get to see the x-wings in episode six or something we get to see yeah. the x-wing here again there's a little like message like talking about how the new republic doesn't cover everywhere like in navarro how the empire still had a presence there like yeah we haven't directly seen like new republic things but especially because it's only five years after so like it's still very early in government in terms of how exactly it's, like, you know this 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 idea that they have x-wing patrols just like you know scrubbing the galaxy to ensure that there are no imperial remnants left like there were mm. on navarro is is an interesting uh it's, it's an interesting concept and the idea that that moment that where they had that moment where they're just like can you switch over to channel two which essentially means they're gonna yeah. you know uh Talk to you each know, other. boot mando from the chat essentially um <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden the x-foils just go you know into their x that was formation. my favorite part where yeah. they were just like it was like a bit of silence while they're off from the channel like talking to each other and yeah. then you just say, hear them silently, the X Files up and up, and like, yeah. like to a regular person, you'd be like, okay, what's this going on? The like they're shifting, but like, like if you just have a, a basic knowledge of like, okay, that's the S Files into an attack position, it's so good. Yeah, no, that's great. Is because and the next thing that happened was like I just love the 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 awkward silence that it creates when they patch back into him and they say. Uh, were you present on that New Republic freighter that caused the escape of a, you know, a high security prisoner? And they're just like, all right, I'm yeah. going to head out. And he just like plummets into that, oh, into so that planet that as was, they chase him. That was yeah. really fun. Also, and this is just a small character thing, but the fact that Dave Filoni is not only in back in this show, but his character's name is Trapper Wolf. Not, mm. not, not only that, but on his helmet is the Wolfpack logo from the Clone Wars is awesome all right because i, I mean he it's... loves his wolves so 
he do, he does. He loves uh, Commander Wolf from the Clone Wars because there's that awesome, like you know, behind the scenes photo of Dave Filoni with the with the wolf helmet in his arms. That's great. Uh, but yeah, I thought that chase was great. And that brings us down to what essentially uh, gives us the setting for the rest of the episode. And uh, that's another thing is the idea that we were going to be spending some significant time here because of the fact that this place was like Ilum or something was pretty much yeah, rooted the I, moment we got here. Exactly. Um, I'd like, oh, that we're here. Yeah. And the fact that they're kind of leaving it by the end, it's like, yeah, Ilum, Ilum theory is pretty much bust, but you know. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We didn't get to hear what planet it is. It could be mm. Ilum, it could be Hoth, who knows? I, I think, um, like, in terms of, he starts on Tatooine and it's in within a system away, like, with, like, non-light speed. Uh, Ilum's in the unknown regions, so yeah. and it's Hoth not is, Ilum. Yeah, it's... Exactly, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and the um, Hoth is in the Anoat sector and that's quite yeah. a while away from Tatooine. <laughs> uh yeah that's that's my in-depth nerd knowledge of where the planets are in star wars but uh anyway so this gives us the, essentially yeah the the setting for the rest of the episode and there was that moment where they essentially have to accept the fact that they have to batten down the hatches until maybe one of them rescue someone gets someone rescues them and yep. uh the the mother the frog mother um reactivates zero from chapter six that was fun to, yeah. To communicate now back where, before you realize that it was her speaking and it's just mando sleeping and uh you know you just hear zero say wake up mandalorian i thought that it was actually zero and that he had been reactivated somehow until oh. until you realize that yeah she's just using him to speak mm. which i thought i, was I don't interesting. know i, I kind of worked out i'm like when i heard her, him talking especially after she looked at him i'm like oh she's using it to translate because that's yeah. the thing he's a protocol droid but similarly to like Fallon, he's a protocol droid that was like turned into a combat droid or whatnot yeah. uh banning on it so yeah so I mean, of course, yeah, for the week <laughs> yeah of course he still has um <laughs> Uh, he's got his protocol droid translation abilities. So yeah, no, that was really clever. I like that. Yeah, no, that was great. Uh, and I uh, love how he still keeps Zero on his ship. Okay, there was yeah. one funny moment, all right, when they're like flying around going crazy whatnot. They were like going at some crazy angles, okay? Then they land. And then when they land and then fall through the ice, that's, that's when all of the like the boxes and everything like tumbles inside the ship. Not when they were flying. Like yeah. <laughs> what if it's in a, if they have an artificial gravity or, or like flying around, why is everything like that not bolted to the ground? Because that I know. would just go everywhere. I, well, that's that's true. Is that yeah, they clearly don't have artificial gravity at the very least in the cargo hold. Because if you remember back in chapter six, when Zero decided to like super erratically land the Razor Crest on that New Republic freighter, like he decided to go twirly and up and down and stuff, and they yeah. were getting tossed around as yeah, you would normally insane. like if you were. Like if you were in a car on, on Earth. Um, so yeah, there's there's clearly not artificial gravity in that cargo hole, but everything was fine until they decided to just crash through that hole, um, mm. which was interesting. And again, just going back to the direction in this scene uh, and the rest of the episode, uh, this this episode was directed by Peyton Reed, who actually directed Ant-Man. Um, oh, okay. He directed Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. And um, based on what we see later, I completely understand why it was him who directed this episode. <laughs> because um, insects. Well, yeah, it's because you get to see a really great sense of scale when the Kricknacks attack them. That's but, true. Uh, that's true. Yeah. No, I, all right. I, one I think thing I do want to... Okay, so you did you want to Because if there's one thing that Peyton Reed did really well when he was directing Ant-Man you know, and the rest of those movies, it was getting that real sense of scale and making you feel small when you need to feel small. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, all and right. I thought that was executed brilliantly. Yeah. Cool. All right. One thing I found interesting. So with the last episode, uh, episode nine or what, or chapter nine or whatnot. Yeah. Um, I think, like, well, I, I definitely enjoyed it, but it was very Baby Yoda light. Like, he definitely was in the background. Oh he didn't yeah. Really, didn't really have too many things to do in the plot. Like, I don't think it really helped, like, force wise or anything, like throughout the episode, which was fine. Like, he was just there, had some goofs and whatnot. But this episode, I feel like it really focuses a lot more on Baby Yoda, which I really yeah. like. Like, we got not only got to see, like, him be a lot more part of the plot and, like, what was going on, but he had some hilarious moments. He won't like, stop eating like any yeah. baby. For one, yeah. I love how carnivorous they've made him. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. you see in, like, the, the, like, he eats the gecko or whatnot in the first season and, like, yeah. just gobbles it down in one, which is hilarious. I know, but awesome. he was just eating the eggs and, like, as soon as he's in the cave, 
finds the first thing he can, just like, oh, put it in my mouth. That's that's the way I find out things. <laughs> yeah. Now, Hilarious. He won't stop so eating, funny. which is so on point for, like, you know, a, a baby, because that's, mm. yeah. Um, I, was, no, I thought that, that was, was brilliant. I was as, well also, as, that, as, yeah. as well as that, we also got um, the baby Yoda's, like, crying as he was running like one you said earlier on when he was like running to Mandalorian yeah. the opening, but like when he was running towards Ma- like away from the spiders, the yeah. sound effect that they did on the Mandalorian it breaks your heart. Like you, you just want to you just want to get a blaster and start shooting the spiders, protecting your your young boys. Oh. No, it was like sound design I just was like very good. Just straight up, I think Baby Yoda or the, you know the child, whatever you want to call him, had some of his cutest moments in this episode. Mm. Uh, just. Like we talked about it already, but the moment at the very start when he's released from that, you know, Marauder's arms, and he like holds out his arms, like eh, "Pick me up, I'm scared." That's that that's so cute, and that and that's uh, that sound he makes after the the eggs begin to hatch, and he runs back to Mando, who's just like, eh, eh. "It's yeah, it's very cute." For for those people who live and breathe for the child in the Mandalorian, they they got a real kick out of this episode. Mm. Um, that was awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's just straight get let's straight up get into it. The main, I guess you would call, set piece of the episode is um, I didn't realize that they were eggs straight up. Um, but as soon as she walked, the, uh, uh, wait, her uh, eggs or no, 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 the the eggs that you find in the cave. But right, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. let's let's talk about her eggs for a minute. Then I suppose is that like not only was she surprisingly cool with the fact that half of her eggs had ended up eaten. Um, uh, I, I, mean, I guess it's interesting to see if she noticed or not, because we only yeah. can and see him eat three or four. We'll know. Or, well, we'll, we'll see how, I guess you can tell yeah. if you like look at them through the episode to count how many there are. Cause she had the way that Mandalorian was picking them all up. She had about 15 or so. Yeah. So. No, she had quite a couple of them when she, when she found that hot spring, mm. uh, which again was actually a very cool, like I, I imagine that that was an actual set that they made. Yeah, and that was a that was a beautiful set. This episode looked beautiful. Yeah, the um, ice planet and like the way they explored it was really interesting. Like seeing yeah. a different style of like uh, planetscape that we hadn't really seen too much before. Like different to Hoth. Like Hoth was very snowy. This was more like crystalline, very cave, and with the with spiders that we get to see as well. Exactly. Yeah. No, I really liked the look of um, uh, I I really liked the look of that. And uh, yeah, and also it's it's uh funny because the this this character. Um, was actually played physically by Misty, but I can't remember her last name. Misty something, who was actually the uh, the the body performer for Queel in the first season. So that was kind of okay. cool. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, uh, a fun little tidbit. Um, right. Yeah, because I was interested to know what actor was actually playing her, and then you got to see you know her name show up in the credits, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway. And that's another thing is that for anyone it who was thinks Misty Roses, I think Misty oh, yeah. no, it doesn't start with a B. Uh, <laughs> I thought it did. Anyway, uh, yeah. So um, we basically have that moment where he keeps eating her eggs, which is really funny because he burps as well, which is kind of cute. Um, but at the same time, you automatically think like you're eating, you know, what could possibly be live creatures. But at the start, she tells them that you know the eggs haven't been fertilized. But exactly, you know, that it, so she's, he's not actually eating like growing beings. But like, no, it's like, like eating a chicken eating. egg. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but anyway, moving on from you know one egg I to another it. is so um, it is it is so good. He's, uh, he's, the moment, all right, when I was like, I was watching with my family the first time, and the moment like that he was starting to like walk towards them, I was like joking like, oh, he's gonna eat it, like that's the thing. He just <laughs> yeah. he just eats things, and then he did it, and I was just I'm like, yes, and we just cheered. And then anytime he kept eating them, and then when he ate the spider, we were all just cheering. Oh, it's so funny. I love, I love how like like yeah, carnivorous they make him. Like he's so cute, but he just like just consumes other living things. Oh, that's just such a funny idea to me. I know, but it's so on point. If he's a baby, he's got anything he finds, he's gonna put in his mouth. It's yeah. just, I know. It's it's all, even with the uh, the Mandalorian uh, signet necklace thing that he had at the end of the at the end of chapter eight, he puts it in his mouth. Uh, it's yeah, because uh, it's just so on brand for a baby um but anyway getting into what again this main set piece for the episode when he finds the next batch of eggs like we were just talking about it was awesome because it was like a face hugger from alien or something and i didn't realize what mm. it was until you actually start to see the legs and i'm like oh that's kind of like a baby spider sort of looking thing and yeah then he, when and i then first Sorry, when yeah. I first saw it, I'm like, oh, he's walking towards these little things on the ground. Like, are they eggs? Are, are they? And then, and then he was like, I'm like are you going to eat them too? 
and then he like peels it open, which is so good. And just you see the baby spider in there, and I'm just like, put it in your mouth, put it in your mouth. And he, <laughs> just, he just puts it in your mouth, and we're like, yes. And, and we just wait a second. You're like, hmm. If there, if that was like how big the baby spider was, where's the big spider? <laughs> and then yeah. you think about it, and you're like, uh oh. Well, yeah, that's that's was a spooky episode. Anyone like, who has a anyone who has arachnophobia, this is not the episode for you. Uh, I like I didn't expect like I, I I don't know like it wasn't it wasn't too bad, but it was just like there were a number of like scares and like actually like quite spooky things in this. That like it was legitimately kind of going for a spooky vibe, which that was kind yeah. of fun. I like because that. that's the thing the only the only time that we've really gotten like a horror sort of spooky vibe from the Mandalorian is when the lights go out in chapter six and he basically starts hunting them in that big red hallway, um, mm. which was kind of cool. I mean, you know, I'm not sure if Peyton Reed has done a horror film before, but if he wanted to do one, I'd be down for it based on what we saw in this episode. Like there uh, was some legitimately scary moments when you're like you're new. For like baby yoda's life you're like get, get out of there they're absolutely were like when they get back onto the razor crest and the spiders are still following them and they're like slowly starting to creep mm. through the door and then they start to like climb onto baby yoda's head like that was that was scary um mm. uh but yeah when once he eats the egg and they all start to rumble and like you know the whole place starts to rumble around them we all sort of just collectively said uh run because we knew yep. what was going to happen just and like, as get they... out of there get, yeah, exactly. the get 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 the hell out of there uh but like and... i expected them to be kind of like the same size that we'd seen them in rebels like you know a bit a bigger than a human but like you know like manageable and then like you get some of them that that size as well as some smaller ones and then the big mum one shows the, the, up the and it's mom, like yeah. bigger than the razor crest that was great that was awesome because that's the thing is that you know this is sort of like a deep cut maybe uh or maybe it's not because it's just something that happened is uh i imagine based on the look of them that they had their huge thorax like above their heads is that these were the cricknacks which were the white spiders on adelon uh from mo from that were featured in a lot in a uh, season three of rebels when they're situated on chopper base um i'd like to think that they were the same species because they look so similar and they're just maybe you know they ha they like they, their species habitates Adelon as well as other icy planets like this one. Uh, I can't know for sure, but you know yeah. maybe. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if in How the last. Uh, Cricknack, I believe it's C R Y K, N A C. I believe. Uh, but um, you know, I'm not sure if there's been a a, Wiki, a Wikipedia update in the last like day. <laughs> oh, everyone knows that they're very uh, prompt when they do stuff like that. But I don't know. Michael, will look at Michael's looking that up right now. Yeah. But as soon as the the chase scene starts with these guys. It was a lot of fun because they are just... Yeah. Here we are. Got it. Uh, they... A... Were they the same? It, uh, it doesn't currently appear that they have been credited with being in The Mandalorian. However, I'd say it's likely because they're, they're based off the Ralph McQuarrie concept art. Um, yeah. And if you look at it, it's like identical. Like yeah. if you look at their design, they're pretty much identical to what we saw on the show. So I would yeah. say it's very likely they were the Krickner. Uh huh. Yeah, that was that was that was kind of cool. I thought. Uh, yeah, and you know what? It is Dave Filoni. Like, you know, he's if he's able to, you know, bring some of his other things into other, you know, works, he's definitely known for that. Um, and he does it well. He it's it, it never feels forced. It's it's always executed very well. Um, which is something even that, the you eggs, know, even the eggs that in the in the Ralph McQuarrie art. I'll, yeah. I'll send you the thing. It looks like identical to the show. So I think it, even if I think it's still likely that they were the Krickner. But um, yeah. I I'd say even if they weren't, they're still like based off this uh, art. So I'll send you. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, and then basically that big chase scene happens, which I, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Chamber of the Secrets, uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of the Secrets. Yeah, I get, got that vibe. Where, just like oh, where, where they get where they get chased by the spiders. Uh, and that's the thing is that you felt you said uh, at the start of this you know little discussion of ours that this episode felt very different to what we gotten in the first episode, and I agree mm. because if the first episode was very like sort of like the western, this episode yeah. felt more like a uh, a, st a step further into like you know mythology. It, it sort of felt like you know we're going into essentially what is like a shelob's lair from lord of the rings and they have to just run out of it and that was something that i really enjoyed like you know all melding all of these cool um you know themes and genres into this show is something that i think they always execute very very well um and the chase itself is great and you get to see that moment where the frog lady just starts to like leap like you know like do those huge yeah, strides which, which, like, which was awesome screw walking on two legs i need speed i gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah that was awesome and the moment where he starts using his flamethrower that was pretty cool um yeah. 
yeah, I mean, there's there's not much you can say specifically about the chase. All that matters is that it's very well executed, and I all I just go back to the fact that Peyton Dere sorry Peyton redirected this episode really well in that. Like in Ant Man, he's really great at creating scale and making you feel really, you know, uh, minuscule and creating like you know this is a hulking thing that you have to get away from, uh, which was which was really really well done, I think, and that's why I yeah. really love the chase scene in this episode. And uh, something that was kind of cool when you get to see them get back to the ship is when the X wings come back to them, essentially. Yeah, that um, was. You, yeah. They come back. They were still looking for him, and you're like, "How is he going to get out of this situation? They're surrounded within the Razor Quest." But I did like how they used the X rings to like shoot the big one, because like, yeah, only the X wing blasters would have been able to destroy that. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, like, we were talking about getting new pieces of the puzzle in terms of how the New Republic operates. Like, this is why I think that, like, you know, I really want to see more of the New Republic in general, is because I really like the way they handle things. You know, yeah. is that they said, you know, oh, you're a, this ship, you know, uh, tried to, um, sorry, no, did, uh, you know, take a high value prisoner from, you know, one of our freighters and, you know, it caused a lot of damage and stuff. So we're going to try and basically take you in. But at the same time, uh, footage shows you apprehending uh, these people. So what they're saying is, yeah, you did something bad, but you did something good for us. So we're going to let you go. I mean, you it know, makes sense. Like they are, they're like, they're like re rebellion. They're like resistance fighters. So they yeah. have a different sense of like justice in the sense where they understand sometimes you need to like, you know, do like get out of your way to like get things done. And like, as long as you're generally like helping them out, which overall he did, you know, I think they see it as like, you know, you're, he's a good guy. Yeah, no, that's great. That's, that's why I love what I did. I think that was good as well. Yeah, I love the what we've seen of the New Republic already because you're absolutely right. The New Republic was was built from the Rebellion and the Rebellion is known for, yes, you did this, but at the same time, you did this for us. So we like you. Um, but mm. at the same time, the, as, as them, while they do that, Mando essentially says, okay, so how about I just forego the bounties on those people's heads and you help me repair the ship? And the New, and the New Republic, while being you know nice and passive like that, they also have that sort of thing where, no, 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 you don't tell us what to do. We're going to tell you what to do, okay? <laughs> we basically say, no, we'll say that we'll let you go and we won't vaporize you. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then they sort of just, you know, head off, which is... Which is which is cool, and that's why I want to see more of the New Republic. And also, just like this is a side thing, can we just get like a cop show with these two pilots? How, <laughs> how cool would that be? Uh, I, Especially I would... with how laissez-faire they are about dealing with things. They're like, are you? Are you... Yeah, we got some. Uh, we got some fighters on the on the scanner. Should we blow them up? You know, it's like eh, yeah, go for it. Because <laughs> so that's good. the thing is that he starts to like escape, and Dave Filoni or trap a wolf. Essentially, he goes. We got a runner, <laughs> yeah. and then they, and they fly after him. That's great. Yeah. Uh, no, I would love to see like a buddy comedy with those two guys, just you know, uh, roaming <laughs> the galaxy, having like episodic adventures where they have to like you know just yeah, that'd be great. Um, well, you have to be interesting to see how long they'd be able to carry that because <laughs> <laughs> like they've got some good scenes, but like would <laughs> be some long scenes of them going like, oh, I guess yeah. I guess we got someone now, you know, <laughs> just like but it works. But it, it works so well when we got when we got that. Oh, for sure. The show, where, the small parts they show up in between it is hilarious. I love. But even, but even in the first, even in the first season when you got that scene with the uh, scout troopers in chapter eight, that, yep, was, that was that was that was hilarious. Like, give well, me some more of that. That was so Taika Waititi. That was exactly absolutely so, it was. So yeah, I, give, give me a I buddy think cop. For one, well, if we if yeah. he comes back to direct, um, then like definitely I think we'll see that. Otherwise, his movie is going to have so many of those little moments like that, which will be so much fun. I cannot wait. That's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, that, uh, you know, sort of sums up a lot of the stuff yeah. that this episode. I'm trying to think if there's anything we about. haven't talked about. I mean, I did love the thing at the end where basically Mando, who's not known for telling a lot of jokes, basically told a joke is that, no. oh, just, just let, just let me know if the, uh, cabin for the cockpit cabin starts to depressurize. Just kidding. Yep. If that happened, we'd all be dead. Uh, yeah. So they built a, like a fun, uh, relationship and like, uh, dynamic between the the frog yeah. lady and uh, and him, yeah. which is cool. But what I so. loved is what I loved is that he goes, no, if that happens, we'd all be dead. Sweet dreams. <laughs> it's mm. great. Uh, yeah. So and that happened, and that last little thing that closes out the episode where uh, Baby Yoda essentially eyes off the eggs again. The mother grabs them tight, like, no, no, you're not eating any more of them. And then she basically turns away, and then you get to see that Yoda already has one in his hand, and he eats it, and that's how the episode ends. Which is a nice little thing, and again, it shows another cute element of Baby Yoda's character that a lot of people are just going to swoon for. 
Exactly. Um, yeah, and you know what? The, obviously, the Razor Crest is not in good shape, and I imagine that the uh, you know the first the first shot that you got of the first trailer, uh, where you got to see the the Razor Crest drifting through space with the co- with the cargo hold open, heading for like that blue that blue planet. I imagine that that might be the first shot of the next episode or maybe one of the first shots of the next episode. I don't know. Um, Mm. Especially how damaged it is, I think, yeah, this may be what we're going to be seeing next episode. Because this leads into the idea that pretty much everything we've seen in the trailer is going to be like the first three, four episodes, I reckon. Like, once we've gotten past there, I feel like it's going to start being pretty much everything new. Because the fact that we didn't see anything so far... You know what? You you know what? You're right. Because pretty, pretty much we've seen, like, a lot from, like, the everything on Tatooine and whatnot with, like, Boba Fett and whatnot, uh, and, and the opening that, we, like, we saw pretty much, like, yeah. a, a full scene of with the Cyclops. Um, yeah, that like, we saw if, episode one. Everything with the right. snow planet and then flying in the Razor Crest with the X-Wings, we've seen that now. So pretty much the only major part we haven't seen is either the bits with Navarro and them, which maybe we'll see later on, or the water planet. Yeah, no, you know what? I hadn't considered that because, like, you know, in the trailer, there's so many of those ice cave shots, and there's a lot of Tatooine, and you know, one of the major shots in the first trailer is them going to that, you know, graffitied urban setting that was in the very exactly. first part of, of the open, last episode. Yeah. Exactly. So y- y- I hadn't considered that. You're absolutely right. And if that means that the third episode is going to take us to this ocean planet, if next week we get to go back to Moncala, I understand. Uh, I think that you and I are going to lose our collective brains. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I, really hope so. I really, I really hope so too. Uh, because that's, because not only that is that if that does happen, um, it also means that we'll most likely get an introduction to whoever Sasha Banks's character is, uh, which is, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like overall, as I said at the beginning, very different episode to the last one. And I think if you're, if you're just expecting like total bombastic like action scenes and stuff like there is some but like it's not as much of like that but i think what we did see especially building up this relationship between baby yoda and the mandalorian i think it was great i really enjoyed this episode and i can't wait to see more again you know i did really enjoy the episode uh it's just that i I mean it's it goes back to what we were talking about last week is that this episodic structure that they're adopting yeah. for the Mandalorian, I think really works because some people may not like the fact that they, that every episode seems to be like a bit of a side quest is that yes, you need to do this, but in order to do this, you need to do that. You know, um, mm. that's what star Wars has always been like, you know, that that's, that's what, that's what clone wars was is, you know, it's, it, that's, that's what has been ingrained into star Wars since the very beginning. And it's what George Lucas has always wanted it to be. And that's why I really enjoy the fact that they're doing it. And sometimes they might be a little less engaging than the last one. And you're right. You need to have those moments that it, it trickles down to the very basic idea of, advancing these characters and who they are and where they're going and i think that 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 for that reason this episode definitely served its purpose uh so again i like you know i say i i liked this episode um i don't think it was as good as the last one but i still think it was a it was a very enjoyable episode and uh, i would easily watch it again um so yeah there's that um and I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've said a lot of what I wanted to say for this episode. And uh, that's another thing is that I really get a kick out of seeing all the concept art during the credits. I yeah, those really, are great. It was, it was really fun. beautiful this week. And uh, yeah, that's just, yeah, it was awesome. Um, it's, it's just so exciting to have a weekly Star Wars thing, which is just new, that we can like go into it, not know what's going to happen and just enjoy it. Like, that's the thing. It's, I know. I, there's a different experience. Like, I love rewatching like all of the Star Wars things. Like, there's so much like content throughout most of the Star Wars history that you can go back and enjoy. But like, just seeing something new that you've like never watched before and just like not knowing what's going to happen, it's just such a fun experience that you gotta, it's it great is. when it comes around. Because we've become so used to having Star Wars just be a thing that, yeah, like, that, we you know, know. that like we're so that, familiar that, with. A, a thing that we know, movies that we've seen several times. Uh, and so when something like this happens, where you get to see stuff that you've never seen before, where you get mm. to have the world built out, you get to see new planets and new creatures and new ways of doing things, like su- like even the 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 very basics of sublight travel, or yeah, or or even just seeing something as simple as the Mandalorian sleep. Like when you get to see a character sleep in Star Wars. Yeah, when he, he goes into his little hovel with the with the with the child on the little hammock and he closes his door. That was so yeah, cute. that's awesome. They have like bunk beds. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's great. And uh, yeah, you know what? That this episode was, and 
honestly, just through us talking about it, I've, I've, I like the episode more, which is there's so much I... detail like put into every episode yeah. that like as you like look into it more, you realize all these little things, which is so exciting. Yeah, like, you know, I really think I have to watch this episode again because I feel like I'll love it even more. Uh, I mean, definitely at some point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this week's episode of The Mandalorian, Michael? Um, no, I think it was a lot of fun and definitely excited to see next week, so especially because the uh, the state he was in the last episode was kind of like, oh, this was great. He's got his armor. He did a, he defo- defeated the Krayt Dragon, which is pretty good. Now he's in a bit of a rough position, you know? He's like, yeah. uh, ship's blown up, like, he's in trouble. Like, So it'd be interesting to see where this goes next. Yeah, uh, you know what? I liked, I, I really did like to see that. And you know what? It's funny is because we talked about it being, you know, serialized episodic television like all the episodes have been. But I think this is the very first episode where something hasn't been completely wrapped up at the end of the episode. Mm. I think I think maybe it was only chapter seven with Quill's death and the scout troopers taking away Baby Yoda on Navarro. That was basically yeah, like it a led part pretty much directly two. from the last one. Into exactly. It. So, but most of the time you get to see the episode. Uh, you know, you get to see a story start and finish in the forty minutes exactly. that you have. But yeah, as it stands, as it, as it stands, the Razor Crest is still very damaged, and we still have this passenger on board. So I'd like to. I, I'm interested to see where where that goes. And honestly, I mean, I I hope they don't. Mm. You know, I I hope they stick. To to the sort of that episodic uh, one story that starts and finishes in the same episode thing, because that's something that I've really enjoyed about The Mandalorian so far. Um, but if they start to change it up and it works, I'm very open to it. It's very open to interpretation in my eye, in my eyes. So uh, yeah, that's that's that. Again, I really think that this episode worked on a lot of different levels, uh, mm. and I'm excited to see where it goes next. And like we just said, if we do get to go to that ocean planet that just so happens to be Mon Cala next, I'd be very interested to see where that goes. Um, exactly. And Give me a yeah, fun. that that brings an end to the discussion and an end to the episode uh, and an end to this episode of Telling the Odds as well, guys. I'm actually really getting uh, to like this you know shorter structure that we have where we just discuss the episode, and yeah, uh, awesome. that's that. Or at the very least, that'll be how it goes for the remainder of our um, time where we discuss the episodes until we reach yeah. uh, chapter Unless 16 like and we take another news. break. Unless there are like big news sections, we'll probably, yeah, we'll just have shorter episodes as we do each review for each episode. Because it's not yeah. like a movie. They're, lot, they're like half the length, so. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, that's that, guys. I hope, I hope you enjoyed our discussion. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, I'm sure you're excited, uh, as excited for Chapter 3. Uh, as we are, and we'll see you next week for that discussion. Uh, but in the meantime, you can make sure that to check us out on uh, basically any of the put- of, uh, podcast platforms that you can find us at. We will be available on YouTube as well as social media, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, and Twitter as well. Um, the time codes for our two discussions, our whole two discussions, uh, will will be <laughs> available. Yeah, will be available in the description of this uh, of this uh, episode. And uh, yeah, I think that's it, guys. Um, Anything else to say, Michael? Uh, no. Uh, let's see stay, uh, if we can survive this week again. Uh, stay stout. No, no, shut up. <laughs> let's, see if, let's see if we can survive this week, well, another whole week uh, to get around to another episode of Mandalorian, because I sure hope so. Oh, I think we can do it. Uh, yeah. Things to things seem to be uh, turning up a little bit where we are, which is which is which is nice. Mm. Uh, also, but yeah. our but our thoughts and prayers are with everyone who might not be doing as well in this tough in this tough time, uh, <laughs> yeah. especially especially if you're looking if you're looking in from America. Um, oh. So yeah, not <laughs> uh, <Love> be true. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I I am I just I mean I'm not sure if Trey listens to us weekly. Trey, if you're listening, I, uh, I am loving your tweets right now. Seriously, your oh, tweets God. are your your tweets are everything. Um, <laughs> But anyway, uh, that brings an episode. That brings an end to the episode, guys. Thank you very much for watching. May the force be with you always. We'll see you next week. This has been Tell Me Up. Up.